Hello and welcome to our BMJ Clinical Podcast. Kieran Walsh is my name. I'm Clinical Director at BMJ. I help look after BMJ Best Practice and BMJ Learning. This podcast is about aberrant poisoning. The purpose is to help you recognize, report and refer affected patients. Aberrant comes from the plant, Abrus precatorius, also known as the rosary pea. It is called the rosary pea as it was used as a bead in rosaries for Catholic prayers. But as far from being a pious plant, it really can be quite deadly, as our expert Scott Phillips is going to tell us. Scott is Associate Clinical Professor at the Department of Toxicology, Rocky Mountain Poison and Drug Center in Denver, Colorado. So Scott, you're welcome. And let's start off. Could you tell us what exactly is Abrin and Abrin poisoning? Abrin is a plant poison uh, that comes from the abrus uh, plant or the rosary pea or also known as jacarity pea. It's an ornamental plant that uh, is primarily in tropical regions and subtropical regions of the world. The toxin abrin is a complex protein uh, double-stranded molecule that binds onto the cell surfaces uh, of plants that is actually quite toxic, one of the more toxic plant poisons that exists. For somebody who's suffering from aberrant toxicity, how would, how would you recognize them? What symptoms or signs might they have? Most prominent signs are from ingestion of aberrant, which causes a gastroenteritis syndrome and ultimately a bloody diarrhea type syndrome. There are some pulmonary injuries that may occur from inhalation of abrin powder, and that really looks more like a pulmonary edema or lung congestion pattern. So the presentation is a quite common type of presentation uh, that may be delayed up to one to five days at time. So it's sometimes very difficult in that it looks a lot like many of our food poisonings that we see. Okay, and what are the typical ways that people may be exposed to abrin? So abrin has been used use in making uh, rosaries, but also many different types of jewelry. And as long as the abrin is contained within the hard shell of the seed pod, uh, it does not cause problems. But if someone were to crush the seed or to drill the seed in order to put them on a necklace or a bracelet, that can allow the abrin to be released. Uh, If it's ingested, we have seen this happen from people chewing the seeds or breaking the seeds down by macerating them as a food substance. So typically, it's either someone is manipulating the seed to make it into jewelry, or it's being uh, chewed or crushed, uh, not knowing the uh, potential toxicity. Now, it has been used as well or considered for use as a biological warfare agent, and that is one of the many fears of this particular plant because it grows uh, so readily in many parts of the world. Okay, thank you. That's very helpful. So if we know likely history and likely 
clinical examination findings, what tests might you do to confirm the diagnosis or to look for complications? So there are specific laboratory tests that can be done looking for aberrants. They're quite a sophisticated test and most clinical laboratories do not have the capability uh, to do that. But uh, certainly larger laboratories, research laboratories and health departments have this capability uh, mostly because of its interest in a biological warfare uh, agent. So the main tests that, of course, you have to consider are other tests that you would do for gastroenteritis. So it's important to monitor electrolytes, blood counts, consider cultures of the uh, stool for bacteria and viruses. And uh, those are probably the most common uh, types of tests uh, that you might uh, perform. If you do try to get a level of aberrant, it will take many, many days and perhaps weeks uh, for that to return, and it likely will not help you uh, clinically. Okay, thank you. And on to management. What is the mainstay of of management of of aberrant poisoning? So the mainstay is correction of uh, fluid and electrolyte balances. They can have very significant uh, diarrhea, much like uh, cholera type of uh, diarrhea, very watery and large volumes of diarrhea. And fluid resuscitation is of utmost importance for these patients. If there is uh, bleeding uh, issues from uh, breakdown of the capillaries in the intestinal tract, then tension may be uh, directed towards correcting a uh, anemia that may occur in these patients as well. Okay, thank you. And I'm guessing you would need to re- refer affected patients. Is is that correct? Yes. Where should you re- refer, and and how urgently should you refer? Well, as soon as uh, this is suspected to be in your differential diagnosis uh, or fairly certain in your diagnosis, uh, the patient should clearly be in an intensive care unit, uh, preferably in a hospital that has a clinical toxicologist that can help guide with some of the toxicology uh, issues here. There is no specific antidote, and supportive care is of the utmost importance And that's where the critical care physicians come in as being our best allies in the treatment of this presentation. Okay, thank you. And should the poisoning be reported? And if so, where should it be reported? Yes, and and reporting is very important with this. And it depends on where you are in the world. There's different agencies that will require or request reporting. And that might be local or state, country, federal uh, health departments, or it could be in law enforcement reporting as well if you suspect this is multiple patients and a potential use of aberrant as a terrorist uh, poisoning. Okay, thank you. And what are the typical questions that patients might have about uh, this form of, of poisoning? Perhaps the most common question uh, that we'll receive is after someone has ingested a seed without chewing the seed and they worry about what types of medical conditions they might have. And in that situation, as long as the seed is not broken open or crushed, 
the abrin will remain inside the seed pod and and people cannot digest the seed pod and the pod will pass through uh, the gastrointestinal tract without causing any illness whatsoever. So perhaps the most common question really has to do with I've swallowed an intact pea and how do I monitor myself for that? Okay, thank you. And moving on to differential diagnosis, I wonder how can you tell abrin poisoning from other common differential diagnosis and, and what are those differential diagnoses? Yeah, the differential diagnosis for abrin, uh, primarily ingestion, really resembles gastroenteritis. So it presents with a very large differential diagnosis from bacterial toxins such as staph or bacillus cirrus. It could be norovirus or other viral uh, entities like uh, rotavirus or astrovirus. One of the uh, very similar bacterial toxins to abrin is shigatoxin from shigella. Uh, and shigatoxin is very similar uh, to abrin and ricin toxins and can cause a very similar type of picture. Uh, of course, there's parasitic infections of the gastrointestinal tract you must uh, think about, but perhaps the most common cause of, besides infections would be medication uh, causes or side effects of uh, various medications. There are quite a number of plants and or mushrooms that can cause gastroenteritis picture, and those tend to become quite clear as the patient can provide information about a plant versus the bright red seed pod of the abrin. Okay, thank you. That's that's really helpful. And staying on the theme of, of diagnosis, I wonder, is there any common pitfalls in the diagnosis of abrin poisoning that clinicians should avoid? Well, I think the most common and uh, potentially lethal pitfall is not appreciating the potency of this uh, substance. Even if we have one seed pod that has been crushed or broken open, that requires admission to the hospital. And assuming that one pod will not hurt someone, it's quite easy uh, for someone who has uh, not considered abrin uh, to perhaps not consider the potential gravity and the lethality that can happen. Uh, we have had reports of uh, deaths from people eating just one of the seed pods, one small seed pod causing death. There's been other reports of people having multiple uh, seeds and surviving, of course, when they're chewed. Okay, thank you. And apart from the questions that I've asked you, are there any other questions that physicians typically ask you about this disease? One of the most common uh, questions they'll ask is, are the beans always the same color? They don't always appear to be a black top on a red body. They can also be black seeds with a white eye or a white seed with a black eye. It's common for people to confuse these with other peas or seeds, and uh, there has been uh, problems over uh, decades of people in famine uh, type of settings that will eat these as a food source which of course rapidly leads to their demise in a few days. So one of the biggest concerns is not identifying the plant or not understanding what you're eating and not appreciating uh, how poisonous it can be.
Okay, thank you. And the final question relates to the subject of having an index of suspicion, because of course this is a, a rare poisoning. What are the things that would trigger an index of suspicion or that should? If you can obtain a history that a patient has been either playing or working with these colored seeds, or if there's a question about potential homicidal intent from someone, or perhaps uh, more importantly, if you have multiple people presenting with very similar gastroenteritis episodes. So it can present very much like a food poisoning microepidemic uh, that you may trace to one restaurant, but in fact, it could all be uh, related to uh, abrin uh, or, or ricin. So it's always important to consider this if multiple patients present or if you have a severe gastroenteritis with no fever and a slightly elevated white count, if the patient's clinical condition appears much more severe than their white count or a fever, it should trigger that thought that this might be occurring. But it is a rare occurrence and it is a rare poisoning that we see. So it's a very difficult diagnosis. And I always encourage people to reach out to poison control centers if they're not sure. Okay, thank you very much, Scott, and thanks for ending on that very important message. And thanks to you all for listening. We hope that this has been helpful, and we hope that you will be able to put what you've learned into action to better recognize, report, and refer affected patients. If you do want to find out more, click the link in the podcast to sign into BMJ Best Practice and look at the content on common toxic plant ingestions. Thank you once again. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes.